Hi, I'm Dr. Fred Silva of Arcana Laboratories, coming to you from Little Rock, Arkansas, with another installment of Throwback Thursday. Pathology Papers, Part 2, Reviewing and Submitting and Responding to a Review. Dr. John Ebley, Chair of the Department of Pathology at Indiana University and Editor-in-Chief of the USCAP's Modern Pathology for 19 years, yes, 19 years, has given me permission to incorporate his thoughts and lecture on the art and science of pathology publication, lessons learned, from 19 years in the editorial office. I must say that Dr. Ebley's contributions to the pathology literature and the USCAP have been enormous. Some of these comments are also from my experience on many editorial boards in pathology and kidney disease, as well as the Clinical Chemistry Guide to Scientific Writing published in 2010 by the AACC. I'll start with Dr. Ebley's manuscript preparation. His suggestions will include, number one, your manuscript preparation, number two, revisions and your responses to the editor-in-chief and misconceptions, number three, when you are asked to review a paper, and finally, number four, the various illustrations and references and other parts of a paper you submit. Let me start with John Ebley's suggestions for manuscript preparation. Find the target journal, that is, the scope, the audience, the illustrations, and the impact factor that you want. Read the instructions for the authors. Those are requirements. Write and illustrate following those instructions. The next is revision. Do what the reviewers ask, according to Dr. Ebley, or have a compelling explanation for why it is impossible, unreasonable, or not needed. Suggestions for revision from the editor are really command. Leading causes for rejection include declining to revise to meet the reviewer's requests and claiming to have revised it when the revision has not been done as claimed. Ten tips for responding to a reviewer and editor's comments are as follows. Number one, get mad and then get over it. Everyone has revisions. I don't care how famous you are. Number two, consider what the editor's decision letter really says. Number three, wait and gather your thoughts. That is, sleep on it. Number four, even if the reviewer is wrong, it does not mean that you are right. Number five, like everything in life, choose your battles wisely. Number six, do not ever pit one reviewer against another. Number seven, be grateful for the reviewer and the editor's time. They do this for free, usually nights, weekends, vacations, etc. Number eight, Restate the reviewer's or the editor's comment when responding. Number nine, be prepared to cut the text. Discussions are often longer than they should be. And number 10, for gosh sakes, do not submit the same version to another journal. John Ebley continues with common misconceptions, 
the manuscript as originally submitted is a sort of a rough draft. No, absolutely not. Number two, the editorial office or publisher can repair problems with the English language usage. That is not their job. Common misconceptions continue. Number three, it's okay to irritate the reviewers. No, it's not. Number four, the reviewers have a mission to help improve manuscripts which will not be accepted by that journal. That is not necessarily true, and some editors and chiefs say to the reviewers, don't waste your time. Number five, the reviewers are brutally frank in their comments to the authors. That is not true because they can submit a separate paragraph to the editor-in-chief that you, as the writer of the paper, doesn't know about. Now let's go to when you were asked to review a paper. Number one, accepting to review the paper. Do a good review. Have motivation and expertise. Make it helpful and respectful. Number two, if there is a problem with science and there's inappropriate extrapolation, if there's circular reasoning, if it's a trivial question, if there's many confounding variables, if there aren't enough appropriate controls, if the paper doesn't say what's new, then that's a problem with the science. Number three is make sure that the ideas are developed systematically. What is missing? What is the hypothesis? Are there reasonable assumptions? Next is second reading. Sleep on it. Do not consider the author or the institution. Next, recommendation. Again, comments to the editors. There are comments to the authors. And that would include A, a short summary of the paper, B, major comments in order, and C, minor comments. John Ebley continues, for example, and processes and questions that reviewers have to answer. Number one, if you're reviewing a paper, what is your overall recommendation? Number two, what is your estimate of priority for the paper? Number three, are the study and results novel? Number four, are the conclusions supported by the work? Number five, will the paper be highly cited? And number six, does the quality of the English cause problems? And finally, as we get to the end of that paper, illustrations. Prove your diagnoses are correct. Do the illustrations prove that? Do the illustrations show what you interpreted as positive and sometimes negative? The quality must be excellent. And finally, with illustrations, composites can cause problems. With regard to tables as well as illustrations, the legends are often unclear or incorrect. If there are abbreviations, you need to define them. Is the illustration truly representative of the lesion? And finally, not determine what the author really wants to show. I can tell you when I was reviewing papers and the entity of collapsing glomerulosclerosis, or what I had initially called implosive glomerulosclerosis, everything submitted was under that category, and very few were, according to my idea of the lesion, 
true. Figures need to draw attention to the data, need to be easily understood and read, and the data deserves to be graphed in many cases. With response to reference lists, omitting relevant papers is a problem, especially if they don't agree with you. People will notice that. Citing irrelevant papers published by the author is a problem, and not proofreading the reference list is a major problem. We need to proofread that, and we need to go back to the original source, which is often not done. Finally, as I end, in terms of references, as I said, the authors need to go to the primary source. Incorrect citations can get carried down further and further and further. And we all have seen incredible typographical errors, uh, some of which I can't say uh, in the social media. Good luck with your paper. Thank you for listening. This podcast and more can be found in the iTunes and Google Play stores. For more information and educational programming like this, follow us on Facebook and Twitter, or visit us on the web at arcanalabs.com.